0: Hello, hello, welcome to Tooth Be Told. What's going on, this is Dr. Aka. And Dr. Kradak as always... Uh, today we have a special guest in the building. Yes, uh, we do. Yes, our we first do. Uh, orthodontist. Yes, our yes. first
1: orthodontist. And I can guarantee you, I know nothing about ortho. Me, me either. You know, so that's why she's here. Like, we, we could have, we could have just been you and I sitting here talking about ortho,
0: but it would have been pointless. It really would have been. <laughs> it
1: would have been like, yeah, move teeth. We call day. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we said, let's get an expert, someone that actually understands and appreciates and under and knows what she's doing. So, Doctor Connect, what's going on?
2: Hi, how are y'all?
1: Good. How's everything Doing?
2: going? Good. Just enjoying this Sunday. Yeah, it yeah. is a Sunday. <laughs> and
1: that's another thing. She came in on a Sunday just to help us out. That That's awesome. Yeah, I man. I'm, I'm telling you, I think you worked yesterday, didn't you?
2: I did. Yeah, she I worked, worked half a day. The, she
1: worked on a Saturday. That's a dedication. And then comes in on a Sunday to talk more teeth.
2: I must really like teeth. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell anybody that. that sounds, <laughs> it sounds really weird when you
1: say it like that. <laughs> but, you know, I, I remember in dental school when we got interviewed, that was the thing. It's like, oh, what made you do dentistry? And most people were like, oh, I like teeth. And I'm like, those are the people that should never be dentists because that's just creepy. <laughs> like, who likes teeth?
0: I don't like teeth. You have to it, like teeth a no, little bit. Yeah, I don't like teeth. To. You know what
1: I like? I like smiles. I like people being happy. I that's like to te- try to change. No, 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 no. I don't <laughs> sit there and go, God. Look at that premolar. Mm, mm, that's a mm, sexy mm. premolar. You don't do that? I will never in my life do that. Okay. You know, this is exactly why.
2: Oh, I say, look at that crowded incisor. <laughs> I can't I can't focus looking at that crowded oh, incisor. Oh, wow. That's, that's
1: weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Connect, this will be your last interview. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need weirdness in this show. <laughs> All right. But, Dr. Connect, please give us a little bit of a background like where you came from when it comes to dental school, residency. What, what made you pick ortho? Yes. Yeah.
2: All right, so I'm from Louisiana originally, okay. so I went to LSU for dental school. Nice. And then I went to Yukon for ortho, um, and then, let's see, why did I want to become an orthodontist? Right. So I really liked the whole cosmetic aspect of things and the aesthetics, and it was kind of like a puzzle. You kind of had to figure out how to make all the teeth fit together. Um, it was always challenging, and no case was really ever the same.
0: Oh, Wow. That's that's very that's good. A, that's a very good what, answer there. Why <laughs>
1: Dr. Cradock, why did you become a dentist? Um, no one cares. You see how no yeah, one I really have Nothing. I can't <laughs> go after that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Dr. Kinect, this is all about you. <laughs> you are truly the expert today. So we're gonna ask you some questions if you don't mind. We're gonna be thinking and, of and, okay. and
0: figuring some things. Yeah, because
1: out. honestly, you can tell us anything and we're gonna believe you. Okay, so you are the expert. So so the first thing we always wanna just talk about um what's going on this week. You know, and uh for me personally, um uh the Bachelor oh. has ended. Oh, okay? oh. <laughs> are you sad about that? <laughs> Let me tell you how I know the bachelor's ended. My wife and my mother have been talking about this for the past week, okay? Literally every day. Can you believe what he did? What a horrible person. And I'm like, what is going on? What did he do? So apparently the bachelor decided he was going to propose to one girl and then a week or a month later, dump her and propose to another girl. My man. He, he went, went back. You, you can't say that. You're married, bro. What? Uh-uh. <laughs> you literally are now that sleeping part on, the <laughs> exactly. on the couch. Exactly. <laughs> and we're definitely not <laughs> editing that. <laughs> but that's exactly what we did. And, and and I'm thinking to myself, do you really believe that this is actually reality? Do you think that some people just go around, uh, let me just go ahead and propose to this person? And so then what, he proposed to one. He proposed and they were engaged. Dr. Oh. connect. do you know anything about this?
2: I just know that it's happened before on The Bachelor, so it's not the first time.
1: So this stupidity has been continuing for a while.
2: Yeah, it's reality TV. Who,
1: who knew this you is not reality. Who knew you could do <laughs> it's, not,
2: okay. it's not reality. It's more like just entertainment.
1: <laughs> it, okay, so, yeah. See, this is the problem. I, I get mad because I see where they go. They're like, oh, we're going to go to Venice, and we're going to go to Austria, and we're going fi- to fly in the helicopters. You know, I'm thinking to myself, this person, guy or girl. Cannot afford any of this stuff. Oh, no. That's on ABC. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Disney is paying for this stuff. Right? I wish Disney could pay for my stuff. Because then, heck, I would take my wife anywhere.
0: I'd be the most romantic man alive. I'm
1: tired. like, <laughs> you, you get a rose today.
2: Dude. You know, my dear.
1: Here's, a, here's another rose. I would I'd do that. I choose you. Right? I'd
0: choose you again.
1: You know? But that's not reality. So I try to explain that to my wife. I'm like, this is not real. That's why I don't watch this crap. She doesn't care. No, she really doesn't. She just <laughs> says, why can't you be like him? I'm like, you know what? There's nineteen other girls that he has to pick from. Do you really want that situation? <laughs> Do you really want that life? <laughs> you know But anyway, so Dr. Kinect, please tell us what is the craziest thing that happened to you this week.
2: All right. So this week at the end of the day on Uh a Friday afternoon, I worked all week, had to work the next day. I had a patient that comes in. um, I had to refer them to have an impacted tooth exposed. So a little bit about the procedure. I refer them to a periodontist or an oral surgeon. They uncover the impacted tooth. In this case, it was a canine. And then they bond um, what we call a gold chain so that I can pull the tooth into the arch. So the patient comes in, they'd healed from the procedure, and I go to pull on the tooth, and the whole gold chain and everything just falls off.
0: The whole thing off.
1: <laughs> so instead of the tooth coming, it was just a gold chain that came along.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. So that so,
0: And then what happened happened happen on Friday. Friday so, so
2: first, there's a lot of blood. Orthodontists don't see blood usually, Not so this isn't a good thing for the end of the day on a Friday.
1: She's like, "You ruined my whole life." <laughs> this is why she really chose ortho, so she would never have to see blood or saliva or kind of craziness, yeah, pretty right? Much.
2: Much. And then here's the mom who, you know, I've been treating her son for about eight months, and she's saying, Well, Dr. Kenneth, what can you do? Like this procedure was really difficult for him to go to or go through. How can you fix it? And I said, Well, I can try to bond it back. Like, let me give me a minute.
1: Mind you, so, you don't see you don't do blood.
2: No, never. I don't do <laughs> any don't. blood. I don't see teeth that are newly exposed. Right, Ever. Right, um, So I get resourceful. I come up with a way that I think I can attach the gold chain back. Um, and then the patient starts um, saying that he's uncomfortable. So then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I think I have to give this patient an injection. So that's
1: another oh thing. My, was oh, was my God. Like <laughs> so, so not only do you not do blood, you don't do injections. So yeah, people I'm, love you. Exactly. <laughs> they love going to orthodontics. Yeah, no needles,
2: no needles, no blood. Um, so I inject the patient. I anesthetize the area uh come up with a plan i f- take a ortho attachment put the gold chain back on it figure out a way to get it attached to the tooth and it works by some miracle
1: so maybe you should just start doing it yourself yeah
2: absolutely i, not. Feel, <laughs> like,
1: I feel like you did a better job i think, than i doing. feel like you did a, a, a uh, very good surgery right. you just, you just absolutely make a not
2: she <laughs> said she
1: said never again he never again if, if it wasn't a friday it, it, that patient would have been right back with the person. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly, Try that on Monday. Nope. Right? <laughs> you know, but it's funny, you know, if anybody's listening, if there are any orthodontist is listening, she is true. She's gonna stick true to her, her uh uh you know, her calling, which is never to see blood again, never to inject anybody, right? <laughs> yeah. This was a one one and done.
0: Yeah, one I'm time sure, deal. I'm sure the patient was very appreciative though, right?
1: Oh of course. I mean if, they, if she, not
0: they should be. Yeah. Did they get you flowers
1: or anything on, I mean, hopefully Monday you have something. Yeah, yeah let's
2: <laughs> Right,
1: <laughs> right. But uh, let's talk about some of these questions. We have some questions for you, if you don't mind.
2: Okay, yeah. Go All ahead. Right.
1: So let's talk about um, kids, right? Let's talk about that's I mean. That's basically when you see them, right? K-
0: kids and ortho go to hand hand in hand, like Indo and crowns. Uh, let's not bring that up. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> that was last episode. Let's <laughs>
1: focus on ortho, right? So when it comes to braces, you have two different um, phases, right? Can you Mm -hmm. explain the two different phases and when people need to go into the first phase, phase one, and second phase, phase two?
2: Yes, of course. So the AEO recommends that you see an orthodontist by age seven. So, the reason that we like to see kids younger is because there's certain things that are simpler or easier to treat when they're younger. So, for example, if you have a a young kid, you know, seven or eight years old, and they have a crossbite, meaning their upper arch is constricted, and you want to expand the upper jaw to get rid of that crossbite, it's a lot easier to do that when they're younger before the suture has closed, which happens as you age. So, that's a scenario where we would treat them with what we call phase one um, just to correct that very specific problem. Um, but that phase one doesn't prevent you from needing braces or a full set of braces when you're older and have all of your adult teeth. So, essentially, you're just simplifying that second phase of treatment.
1: Okay. So, you basically just expanding or or, or widening their, their, their arch on the top.
2: Exactly. And that's so that's the only
1: thing you do in the first part?
2: Not in it, so that was sorry, that was just an example of okay. one. So there's a couple different things. You know, um if you have a crossbite in the front, for example, and you're starting to notice recession or frimidus to those lower incisors, you want to correct that early so that maybe the tissue has a chance to rebound because you know they're only 7 years old. If you see that at 15, that recession's permanent.
1: Got you. Um, and, then, and then they need a periodontist or somebody like
2: myself. Right? Ex- exactly. Yeah. So, the goal of phase one is very problem focused. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have severe crowding due to maybe premature loss of a primary tooth, um, whether that's due to caries or the wrong permanent tooth resorbed that baby tooth, making it fall out early. Um, and now the permanent canine has no place to come in, for example. So, you can open up space um, when they're younger a lot easier making that permanent tooth come in in a more normal pattern, you know, when they're 12. I
0: see. I see. So when you do that, does it um, does it cut down in the time that you would need to see them um, after the uh, sutures close, like uh, in the second stage of, of treatment?
2: So that's a little bit of a tricky question. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes it does, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of times when a patient goes into a phase two treatment that's still that typical 24-month phase so i never promise anyone that it's going to shorten the time but it's going to simplify the second phase
1: and how long does the phase one normally take give give or take
2: so it should be right it should be about 12 months okay okay um you really don't want to go be in phase one treatment for over 12 months
1: and did they go straight into phase two? So do they go from opening up their jaw and expanding it to the next phase, which is straight braces just try to correct and align the teeth?
2: Not necessarily. So you would like to see that the phase one that you're doing, they're seven or eight years old. You take care of that expansion. So we use a palatal expander to do that. Um, what happens is that usually opens up a space between the central incisors. So we'll put four brackets on to close that space. Um, then you take everything off, give them a retainer to wear at night until all their permanent teeth erupt.
1: I see. And then when the permanent teeth come in, then, you then you go we go into, to the next uh, step. Oh, okay. Right. So, that's, so you would
2: you'd like to not combine it. That's when you see patients that say, oh, I've been in braces for four years. Right. So usually that phase one kind of extended into the phase two. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. That's cool.
0: Um, I had a question about uh, I've seen a lot of these advertisements for um uh Clear Aligners, Smile Direct Club. Uh we've always had Invisalign and things like that. What are what are your thoughts on on some of those things? Clear aligners, do you use those to, to straighten teeth? Um Everybody knows Invisalign really well. Yeah. You know, like everybody wants Invisalign, but everyone wants Who's
1: the actual them? who's a good candidate for Invisalign?
2: So that's kind of a loaded question because Invisalign's come a long way since the early 2000s when it first came out. So the software developments improved significantly. So cases that we used to not treat or really couldn't treat very well with the liners, we now can do because of the different attachment systems. Um, the auxiliaries that you can use, we can wear elastics off of them. So honestly, there's a lot of cases that can be done with clear liners. It just, it requires a different level of patient compliance because you have to think a two-year treatment, you know, and you've got to wear an aligner 22 hours a day that you can take in and out. So that's a lot of commitment for that long period of time. Um, but there's definitely cases where I still tell patients your outcome would be better with braces or, mm. you know, you're a great Invisalign candidate. You could go either way. Um, you're an adult. Why go through, you know, wires and brackets when you go th- could go through clear aligners.
1: Okay. Do you find it that it's annoying? Maybe I should use the word annoying, but I feel like annoying is a good word. Annoying uh, is word. For patients who uh, have Invisalign because they have to wear it for 22 hours in a day out of 24 hours, right? So do they actually do that and listen to you and say, you know, hey, I'm actually going to take it out whenever, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whenever I'm eating, so, <laughs> right?
2: So, I, I mean, I see a huge... Um, a lot of variation and outcomes and that's why I definitely have patients that are religious with it. They wear it 22 hours a day oh, wow. and their case is tracking like the clincheck. But then I have other patients that wear it 15 hours a day and it doesn't, it's not tracking the way that it's supposed to. Mm. So in that case, they're kind of just wasting time because if you get to that year mark, and the case isn't where it should be, then why didn't you just go into braces from the beginning?
1: There you go. Yeah, So you go. that's the key.
0: Just make sure you blame it on patients.
1: <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> I just blame everybody. It's your
0: fault. And and with the smile direct, because I, I have patients that ask me all the time, hey, doc, um, I want to straighten my teeth. What do you know about the smile direct? And I tell them, I have no idea. I know that it doesn't sound um, – if something sounds too good to be true, it usually is. Well, let's explain what Smile Direct is, right? So, Smile Direct is basically you're doing clear aligners for yourself. You take your own At impressions, home. yeah, and you send them in and then they send you some clear trays to to place and and wear and and hope that you wear them uh the lot of time. Right. But essentially you're you're using the trays to straighten your own teeth and it's supposed to uh be a cost-effective way, cheaper way for for patients to do this. Um I I don't understand how they correct some of the um, issues that you can see with malocclusion. Some of these things are not easily correctable. So, um, what what are your thoughts on that? Like, what what, what would you tell a patient who's who asked you that? Like, why don't I just go and get clear uh, clear aligners myself? Yeah, because
1: I want to save money. Because so, right? you are the expert. You're the one that knows how to do this properly. Right. But they're like, you know what? You're too expensive, Dr. Connect. You're way too expensive. <laughs> you know what I mean? So tell me how I, I, I want to do this at home, you know, for half the price. What do you say to them?
2: So the, I mean, the biggest thing is that it's not being monitored. So you have, there's plenty of times with my Invisalign cases where I'll use, I'll add an elastic or I'll add dimples to the aligner because the tooth isn't rotating the way that it should. So I can add a pressure point Mm -hmm. in the aligner to finish that movement. And there's no, there's no one tracking it. So if it gets off track on, you know, aligner two, it's going to only continue to be off track until the end and your outcome's not going to be the same. Um, the other thing, too, is, I mean, how are they diagnosing if the patient has perio or other issues that we know that if we move teeth with active periodontal disease, we exacerbate that? And that's
1: Preach. bone loss. And then, I, mean, <laughs> right. I mean, please, this, that's, you basically just – I'm getting into it now. Yeah. Because
0: – what, what if the patient has an implant and they, they're just taking an impression Does it, an implant doesn't move? What? There's so many things that could go wrong. Exactly,
2: cuz there's no x-ray that's being sent in. It's exactly. just a, a PVS impression that gets sent into the company. And yes, they have an orthodontist that's looking at the treatment plan, but they have no idea if some of those are bridges or implants, you know, if there's active periodontal disease. How can you tell that from an impression See, and I photos? Didn't,
1: I didn't even think about that. You know, uh that there are other factors, like you said, bridges, implants Period. that don't move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gum disease that, that could cum. literally loosen your teeth. You know, right. so if anything, go ahead and do it. Uh, I mean, I'll at your see own you. risk. Yeah, I'll see you, and then I'll charge you, <laughs> and it's good for me.
0: So you save money initially, but <laughs> then you wind up paying for the real thing later. Then with they you, come then, to, come yeah. to me. I was
2: so I was actually I was reading an, an article. Someone shared something on Facebook the other day, and it was a an article by this guy, and he was talking against his Smile Direct or Clear Aligner, you know, mail in order. Um, because what happened is he, I guess, developed some sort of interference. And when they flared the teeth, it created a premature contact in the front and he couldn't bite in the posterior anymore. See, <laughs> And so then he had to go to an orthodontist and go, you know, then spend the $5,000 to get the whole thing fixed. And then wasted the money with SmileDirect. Or yeah. I don't know if it was SmileDirect. Right,
1: yeah. We don't want to say yeah. SmileDirect. Yeah, we but we whatever. don't want to get sued, but uh, yeah. it was yeah, we don't, we don't, have, was we don't have good, good <laughs> lawyers. So, <laughs> <laughs> so please, <laughs> be cautious. <laughs> Um, but uh no but it's it's true right no matter what you do i I don't care because i've seen some stuff on on youtube where people take out their own teeth it's never (laughs) a good idea to do any kind of dentistry at home i
0: literally had a patient ask me that this week they said why should i pay you to take it out i saw somebody do it online then you should go ahead and do it and And i said and i'll charge you double yeah i said (laughs) when you leave when you leave the root tips uh, root tips in there uh and i have to go get them it'll just cost you more that's fine I mean, that's basically true.
1: Yeah. Sometimes I I let sometimes I let people just do what they wanna do because I know in the end I'm gonna benefit.
0: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Financially I'm gonna benefit. Yeah. So either you do it right the first time where hey we all we're all happy, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna be happy and you're gonna be miserable because you try to take a tooth out and then you broke the tooth and then you hurt yourself and you're in pain and now you're coming to me. I don't care who you are, you're not enough you can't take enough shots To uh, dent that pain. That's real, you know what I mean? But (laughs) here's another question I have for you, Dr. Connect, if you don't mind. Yeah. Some patients need surgery, meaning they need to go to an oral surgeon, right? So can you talk to us about when you send people to oral surgeons to have jaw surgery done? You know, like moving their jaw forward, back, up, down, whatever, maybe I mean Laforts and stuff like that.
2: Right. Okay. So there's um it's called like the envelope of discrepancy. So there's 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 (laughs) there's certain movements. Um, you know, it's based on the millimeter amount, essentially, that the the teeth so say you have a, a really large overjet, for example, so the gap between the top and bottom teeth you know, it's 10 millimeters, for example. Now you start to talk, how can... We can't just extract teeth to get the teeth to fit together um, because it's actually an issue with the position of the jaws. Um, there's definitely... I feel like people are more inclined to go for surgery when they're class 3 or have an underbite than they are due to class 2 because most people don't look on profile and say, oh, I don't have a chin. Um, it usually... I'm sorry, and yeah. you
1: know, let's talk about what class two and class three, right? Oh class, yeah, sorry. Right? No, it's okay. So class three, basically, your lower jaw comes out past the top, the upper jaw, jaw, right? Exactly. And then class two is your top jaw comes way past, like but yeah. like they almost look like rabbits, right?
2: Correct. Right. No. Yeah.
1: So that's you know, you gotta make sure we understand. Yeah. That.
2: Sorry. <laughs> that's um. Okay. So there's plenty of times where. We see these certain types of malocclusions, but we can make the teeth fit together by extracting teeth. So in what we were calling a class three, so an underbite, you can take out teeth on the bottom and pull back the lower teeth to fit behind the upper. Or vice versa, if it's the other situation, you take out premolars on the top to retract the upper teeth to make them closer to the lowers. Um, But when it gets beyond the amount of movement that you can correct with extractions, now you start needing to think jaw surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that, at least in my experience, people are much more inclined to go for jaw surgery when they're class 3 with that really significant underbite where they kind of have that concave face um, versus class 2, which just means they're kind of lacking a chin. Because
0: mm-hmm. it's more, it's more uh, aesthetically noticeable. Exactly.
2: Right.
1: right. So orthodontics went through a phase where they were taking a lot of premolars out. Right. So, please, Dr. Can I give us a history and the whole extraction versus not, and all that stuff?
2: So, I would say in the profession, we've kind of transitioned multiple times. So, there was a time when extractions were being done a lot because we were treating, it was called the tweed philosophy. So, we were treating to these cephalometric numbers. So, a, a ceph is a, a certain x-ray that we take on all of our ortho patients. Um, you trace that CEPH and you get certain numbers based on the position of the teeth either to the lower jaw of the mandible or to the cranial base. Mm-hmm. Um, And if the patient, if the values were within a certain range, we tended to lean more towards extractions. Um And then we kind of shifted to this whole non-extraction philosophy. Um, And I would say like the Damon system was kind of the one that the whole idea was to over-expand everything, so you used arch wires that were way broader than what the arch should be, and we would just expand everything out to create space. Um, but then, what we weren't really looking at is what are the long-term periodontal implications of doing that? Um, are you moving the teeth outside of the bone and where they should be? And maybe you don't see recession on a twelve-year-old, but. What's that patient going to look like at 35? And Ooh. that's
1: actually – no, it's very true. And that's when I actually see a lot of my patients. And the first thing I say is you have braces, right? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, orthodontists do a beautiful job of making sure your teeth are straight and, you know, they're they're good looking. But some orthodontists don't consider where the bone ends, you know. So then I have to go in there and do gum surgery to try to cover up some of the, you know um, – recessions that patients have. Right. You know? So that's something that, I, like you said, I mean, I'm glad that you brought that up because in the end, you you as an orthodontist have to know, hey, you may be doing too much here, you know, or get the patient to have the procedure before you do the braces, right? You, you say, hey, you know, by the way, your gums are very thin. So why don't we thicken up the gums so whatever I do isn't going to cause recession?
2: Right. You see? Well, and I, I think the other thing too is now – or at least my philosophy is I treat to the face. I don't just look at the teeth, you know, as isolated objects. You know, we're. But you love teeth. (laughs) I do love teeth. (laughs) Um, You know, but the teeth support the lips. Right. And so we'll look at certain patients and they're extremely full. They can barely close their lips around their teeth. And they have crowding, so if I don't take teeth out, the only way to get rid of the crowding is to move the teeth forward. Well, that's going to make them look worse. Right. Um, So I think aesthetics, you know, plays a big role. And if you have teeth that are really flared, and you know they're pointing straight out, if I can't improve the inclination, their smile is not going to look as good.
1: So it's not always about hey, every single person has to have their wisdom teeth or their premolars out. Right or or whatever it may be like you have to look and say does this person need this is, this, is it going to fit the procedure
2: exactly and I think that either extreme is kind of a flaw like I'm never going to say I think the people that say oh I'm I believe in this non-extraction philosophy well we see patients that come in all the time and their teeth are completely blocked out how are you how can it be healthy. To push the teeth apart and make space for that tooth when you're, you know, 18 millimeters of crowding all the way around. Right. Mm. So there's just no way that that can be beneficial.
1: I think she's calling people out. I think she is. She's calling people (laughs) out. Shots fired. No, really. Let me – anybody that uh, feels
0: that she called them out, come on the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: She'll check you right
1: on our show for you.
0: Um, (laughs) I I had a question. I get this a lot from uh, patients in the chair. Uh, They're usually older, you know, 40s or uh, late 30s. Um, They've had um, fixed retainers for quite some time. And they always say, Doc, you know, it's really a pain to clean around this. I don't think my teeth are moving anymore. Can't you just take it out? And I'm always telling them no. No. I said, they put it there for a reason. Right. And it's, I mean, fixed retainers, right? Again, yes. I always have to be the, I'm, I'm always sorry. the jerk that it was yeah. like, well, well, well. <laughs> so
1: fixed retainers are basically the thin, the, the, the,
0: they, the permanent wire that they'll place, uh, on the, on the backsides of either your lower upper teeth. Exactly. Uh, to hold them in place, uh, your, your, usually your front four or six, right? Um, uh, teeth. But, uh, can you kind of speak to, to what, what should I be telling those patients? Cause I don't take off retainers. I don't. I say, you need to see your orthodontist about that. But I do feel like I would like to have a definitive answer to be like, no, you should never do that. Well, and then also, why do some
1: patients need their fixed retainer and then others just need regular retainers?
2: Do you mean a fixed retainer versus like a removable Holly yes. or an Essex? That's right. So as far as retention goes, I tell my patients the day they come out of braces, or even at the consult when they start asking about retainers, the only way that I can promise you that your teeth are never going to shift is if you wear a retainer for life. So I essentially recommend lifetime retention. So you're doing the right thing mm-hmm. by not taking it out. Um, I knew I did. And I then, knew
1: I was, I was as far as <laughs> Don't as ever far compliment as compliment, Doctor. <laughs>
2: As far as offering patients or, you know, deciding on which type of retainer, I have different criteria. So I will place a permanent retainer, but not if hygiene's been poor throughout the course of treatment. Because anytime that we're going to bond something that's essentially supposed to be permanent, if they've had a bad track record with keeping their teeth clean and their gums are inflamed, then I'm setting them up for you know, issues or periodontal issues down the road. So, Once again, thank you. <laughs> so I give them removable. Um, so it really, it's case to case. And then I have plenty of patients that by the time they come out of braces and had to floss around a wire, they don't want anything permanent. Mm-hmm. They're like, just give me that, you know, removable retainer. After a few months, I switch them from full-time wear to nighttime wear. Um, and they just make it part of their routine. You know, they brush their teeth, put their retainer in at night, take it out in the morning and they never have to worry about cleaning around a wire.
0: Interesting. Okay. I, so, I like how she keeps in mind the, the perio issues, the issues that that are not re, not revolving around ortho. Not going Still matter to the patient, yeah.
1: Yeah, not gonna lie. I'm I'm like I'm loving this. Yeah. You know, there's an orthodontist that cares about Perio. Just that's all I care about. <laughs> I don't even care about ortho. <laughs> so maybe I'm biased. Yeah. But maybe it you is, should change. Right? <laughs> I'm right. Prob- I'm probably not gonna change. Let's be real. <laughs> when it comes to uh, um, brackets, right? We always, t- we, one thing that Dr. Cradock and I, we always talk about is when people call us and say, Hey, my, uh, wire broke or my wire is poking my, my cheeks or yeah. whatever it may be. So do you have any like home remedies or something that could help them? And so it's... they don't have to keep calling me because I'm usually useless. I'm like, just <laughs> go to CVS and get the uh, wax. That's what I always tell people. I was like, go get wax, I think. So,
2: I mean, that's kind of like the blanket answer, but that is the best thing to do. I mean, I had braces about a year ago, and even when one of my assistants would leave my wire a little bit long, if it was a Friday afternoon, I can't cut the wire all the way on my molar, so I'd have to put wax on it until I could get it on Monday. But if it's a skinny wire, like a really flimsy initial wire, you can take nail scissors and clip the end of it. Oh, there you go. Okay, there you go. So, So, don't call me. (laughs) <laughs> but only a skinny they wire Calling you, they yeah. Always yeah. Call Why me are they that? calling the period on it? That's what <laughs> I said I was like
1: why are you calling me Like people get have my numbers when I do procedures on them So they assume that I know a, a lot of other stuff No I just know what I did on you <laughs> Everything else is you are literally calling at your own risk you know, I mean, you did I do surgery on you? Well, no, it has some to do with braces. Yeah, you're calling the wrong person, so <laughs> boy. You, you might want to call somebody else. And then I say, Doctor Kradak is a wonderful, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, please, and please he'll, call him, and he'll yeah. answer every question you may have. Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> One thing that I've seen, um, I have a um, an orthodontist that I that I referred to um, uh, a couple years back. He was a very big, um, he was very high on like lingual braces, um, but. The patients that would get them, um, I would see all the time and have to do with soft tissue issues, um, uh, lacerations, things like that. What are your thoughts on lingual braces? Yeah, that's actually really so, good.
2: So, yeah. So, I don't personally do them. Um, the mechanics of it are really difficult because everything's on the inside. So, the whole force systems change. And then it's extremely uncomfortable for the patient. Um, actually one of my good friends who's an orthodontist and he had lingual braces in residency said after his experience, he know, he won't offer lingual braces. <laughs> so
0: so, <laughs> so <laughs> what are some of the things that you get? So you know. so I'm sorry, I jumped into ling- – so lingual braces are when the braces are on the inside towards where your tongue is as opposed to being on the outside where normal braces would so be. So patients on, love them, surgery. right, because you yeah. don't get to see the
1: braces, especially older people. I'm guessing older yeah. patients love because yeah. you don't see the braces, right? But so what are some of the drawbacks to having lingual braces?
2: Well, so for one, it's extremely difficult um, to adjust to. I mean, they tear up your tongue. Um, the other thing is the way that the bracket is made, it's like usually gold and it's cast to the inside of the tooth. So it covers like the whole lingual surface of the tooth or a good portion of it. Um, so it's a lot bulkier and then it's much more difficult for the orthodontist to work because everything is like upside down and backwards pretty much. Oh wow! Cause you're working from the inside. Right. So a lot of people that do it, charge a premium. I mean, I know plenty of people that charge upwards of $10,000. So for, double. And they say they still lose money on oh, the cases. really?
1: Wow. Oh, I was going to say, I'm about to start doing braces. But uh, they, uh. <laughs> and they,
2: they often have to add auxiliaries and things on the buckle anyways because um, you can't quite get the teeth to settle the right way and get everything to work the way that you can from the buckle or the outside.
1: Okay. Um, so you're saying basically it, it's – it's actually more of a headache than it's really benefits people
2: i from from the practitioners standpoint, yes, and then I think with all the advances within this line, I think that that's a lot more comfortable for the patient. Um, the lingual braces can also affect speech. I've had, I've seen patients that never fully adjusted. They had somewhat of a lisp once you bonded the brackets. With Invisalign, you'll see the patients, they kind of talk a little bit weird the first day or two by Monday, you know, or, you know, give it a few days and they're fine. Um, but with lingual, I've seen people a year later that still had somewhat of a, of a speech impediment (laughs) with them.
0: I just know my hygienist absolutely hates them. She's, yeah, they're she almost. I had a hygienist that literally threatened to quit if she had to see the sick patient again because they had lingual braces. <laughs> oh, really? And she's like, "He can't keep him clean." And I'm like, "You, I'm like, he, he, they're, you know." She's like, "I have to do three times the work that I would have to do." Um, and she's like, "I'm not doing it." Like, oh, I'm. Wow. Well, so anybody actually has lingual braces and want to email us, let me, <laughs> let me know
1: what your experience is so we can all laugh at you. We're going to get someone <laughs> who's like, oh,
0: I love them. It's
1: I know, right? <laughs> it's always that one person It's like, what them. are you talking about? <laughs> Best thing I ever did in my life. Dr. Uh, Kinnick, question from me is as a periodontist, right, I'm always focused in on oral hygiene. But it almost seems like when someone goes into braces you know, that's the one thing that goes by the wayside Mm -hmm. is their oral hygiene. I mean, their teeth are nasty. Yeah. A lot of tartar plaque, a lot of like food stuck in there, you know. So why don't orthodontists have hygienists in their office? Hmm.
2: So I think a lot of it has to do with um, the fact that You want to keep that referral base with the general dentist. Okay. So if you bring a hygienist into your office, now you're taking away, you know, essentially hygiene appointments that you were referring to the general dentist that probably initially referred that case to you. So, I mean, to us. So
0: political. It is. Right.
2: I mean, I agree. I think that having hygiene in your office is the best option, but you also, if you're a standalone specialist, you count on that referral base. Right. So you need, that, you need to send the patients back to the general dentist so that they're going to send you other cases that need ortho. Right. Or they might start saying, well, I'm going to send them to the orthodontist down the street that doesn't have a hygienist and sends the patient back to me for their <laughs> six-month recalls.
1: Right. So then I guess the next question is, when should people go for their clean-in? Should it be every three months, four months, six months? When, when they when they have braces on. When they have braces on. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry.
2: I would, you know, from a, a provider standpoint, I would prefer to say every three months. Where you start to run into issues is with insurance because if insurance is only going to cover a cleaning twice a year, not every patient wants to pay for it or can afford to pay for the additional cleaning in between. But don't say
1: insurance. If, if after it goes oh crazy gosh, when he's when you say started. insurance, he's just gonna
0: go nuts. And then I hate and how it dictates, treatment. <laughs> but if, if 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 it's you and you just said you came out, of, would what would you do for yourself? Would you go every three months or would you go every six months?
2: Oh, I would go every three months, and I refer patients all the time. You know, even if I see them and. I see that they have a lot of buildup or calculus around their lower incisors. Mm -hmm. And I asked mom, when was his last cleaning? And she says, two months ago. I'll say, well, I think you should go ahead and schedule another one. I mean, I'm going to base it off of the hygiene at the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if they have good hygiene and they're maintaining everything, there's no reason why you couldn't go every six months. But definitely those patients that are struggling to maintain and keep everything clean, they should be seen every three months.
1: And what can they use at home? to make sure that they do keep the area clean, the brackets and everything like that. I mean, I already know what I'm going to say, right? For me, <laughs> I tell patients uh, the only time I recommend water pick.
2: A is, water pick, yeah. Is for
1: mm-hmm. orthodontic treatment. Only time. Every other time, I'm like, you literally don't want to use a water pick. Because then people become lazy and Mm -hmm. just use that instead of flossing. Instead of flossing, exactly. But uh, this is the only time I say water pick. And I'm not trying to – if water pick is listening, please sponsor us. Uh, We need that money.
2: (laughs) I mean, I can say that honestly, you know, even from being a patient a year ago with braces, right. it is hard. I mean, it takes time to floss and thread the floss around the wire and go in between every tooth. So if you figure that a patient's not going to floss like they would if they didn't have braces, then a water pick's a great, you know, a great thing to add in to increase their oral hygiene.
1: I agree. I agree. That and okay. an
2: electric toothbrush. Okay. Yeah. And an
1: electric toothbrush. So, those are the two things you'd highly recommend for patients who have braces. You know, uh, and what about, you know, teenagers? Because, I mean, we know that they have so many other things in their life. They're it's horrible. so dramatic. And exactly. Oh my God, my life is horrible. All my <laughs> problems are the worst problems <laughs> oh I'm God, ever going to have. Right? So, imagine <laughs> if you were a teenager again, right? Because we weren't that way. When we were teenagers. We were very
0: talk about yourself i'm not i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie <laughs> right as teenagers
1: <laughs> we always find that it's very difficult for them to keep their braces clean right and maybe even, actually some adults yeah it's very difficult for them you know to keep their braces mm-hmm. so what would you really tell them when it comes to that overall uh and we'll kind of end it here but overall what advice would you give to people who are going into braces who are in braces when it comes to hey how do you get the best results so you don't have the relapse
2: well, so the hygiene doesn't necessarily affect the. Re- you mean relapse of the teeth, the or teeth
1: and everything, right? So, like, how yeah, do you get the best result in the end?
2: The best result in the end comes from maintaining excellent oral hygiene, so that you don't develop white spots. Um, the way that I try to scare people talking about white spots is I tell them that they're scars that form on their teeth, and once they're there, that they can't go, they won't go away, um, because it's essentially essentially decalcification. Um, so if you remove brackets and the patient has white spots all over their teeth, they don't look very aesthetic, even though they're very straight. Um, and then lifetime retention when it comes to retainers, if you want your teeth to look like they did the day I took your braces off, you have to wear your retainer.
1: All right. Well, well that's wisdom. That's yeah. advice. <laughs> so we are going to end here.
0: Thank you so much for coming in. It is a Sunday, yeah. and she worked yesterday. I, I will say, out of all the specialists we've had, I, I think uh, this has been the most smooth. Uh, and uh, and yeah. I'm appreciative that someone from a different specialty would actually think about the other things that go into. Very true. Very true. And I haven't gotten in an argument with you.
1: So
2: that was good. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's
1: a positive. This is the first time. This it's is It's because the first. I
2: always have perio in mind. You see, This is <laughs> I won't it. touch a, per- a patient if. They have perio
1: No, very true. And and you won't touch anybody that has you know is bleeding either. Right. Yeah, that was a one time <laughs> yeah, you know. deal. And you will never do it again. Well yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for coming through. Uh we definitely appreciate you. you know, if we have any questions, uh would you wanna come back if you yeah, have any other course. questions for So we'll definitely get that
0: going, then we'll go from there. Yeah. Thank you very much. We appreciate you guys. Dr. Yeah. Uh no, as always, uh uh, thank you guys for listening. Let us know what you guys want us to to talk about next. Yes, sir. Enjoy. Have a good All night. All right. Good day. Good afternoon. Right. Yeah. yeah. Afternoon, Whenever, whenever you're
1: listening to us, enjoy. Oh <laughs> right, yeah. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an s at gmail dot com. That's real dentist r e a l dentist with an s at gmail dot com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that our professional opinions, the final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.